This is the Men in Maroon podcast with Daz and the Manus. Welcome. Expect strong language. Mon the heart of Midlovian. Nielsen is out. Daz statement from the club okay as of the 9th of april 2023 the statement from the club reads as heart of midlovian football club can confirm that it has parted company with manager robbie nielsen robbie has been a key part of the club's ascent back to the upper echelons of scottish football delivering another championship title a third place finish two scottish cup finals and European group stage football in the process. This was an extremely difficult decision to reach, and we would like to thank Robbie for all of his efforts. A full statement from the board of directors will be released in due course. No further comment will be made today. Anas, thoughts? I am still, obviously, a little bit shocked after what happened uh, at the time of this recording nearly 24 hours ago. I the statement is very, very short indeed. Um and I think the keywords that are jumping out at me is in the third paragraph when it says extremely difficult. And I say that because after the final whistle I had a glance across at the board and the mood, let's put it in a very summarized sense, was incredibly grim. You could tell uh, there was heartbreak. It looked like they had heartbreak all over their faces, um, most of them anyway. Um, Obviously, they knew that the situation unfolding in front of them was not what they wanted. Uh, But clearly, they knew they were facing a very, very, very tough uh, crossroads. And... Obviously, the the fact that they've uh, the, the the statement from the club said it was a very it was an extremely difficult decision to reach. I think really, I think sums it up. Uh, really, to be honest, it, it it's extremely difficult because Robbie has generally been successful in his second uh, spell as Hearts boss, taking us from the Championship all the way to the UEFA Europa Conference League. But now, obviously, as has been very well known from the last few games in the Premiership, um, something has very probably gone massively wrong, and in the dressing room, and um, and obviously at the home performance that I witnessed yesterday. I don't know if you agree with this, Daz, but the what I saw on Saturday against St Mirren was the worst home performance for me since uh, the horrifying 2019-20 season when we couldn't defeat many teams at Tynecastle, so that's how low things have gone and yeah that clearly the board had to act they had to act relatively quickly I mean obviously they didn't act too quickly I think uh, they needed to be absolutely completely sure that this was the right decision and I have to applaud the board for not leaving this too late I think they've clearly learned from what happened when uh, Craig Levine had held on for too long 
uh, before he left his second spell as Hearts boss. Uh, and now, uh, clearly, with a lot at stake, a lot at stake, millions of pounds of European money at stake, potentially, clearly the club had to do something pretty dramatic. And uh, although it's very sad that Robbie's gone uh, and I've got no pleasure at all seeing him go, they had to do what they had to do because there's a lot at risk at the moment. And, uh, you know, going down to fourth place when we were looking good for third, I think really that is very concerning. Definitely. I think uh, it was it was right not to do it in the immediate aftermath of the game, I feel, because that, that, in my opinion, whenever I see that from other clubs, I know Aberdeen did it, it just doesn't, doesn't seem right doing it immediately after the game. It's it, it it was right of them, I feel, to leave it around twenty four hours after. What I'm just going to put what I thought a, a, an abysmal game on Saturday. It was uh, not a pretty watch. I don't think there was anything that stood out. Um, players just it, it just looked. I, I think you said that uh, looking at the players, there was only one or two that genuinely looked up for the game. Yeah, um, I I remember telling this to you um, privately that I I just when I saw the body language I thought Ross Stewart looked up for it, Cammy Devlin looked content, but I wasn't sure about the others. I really wasn't sure about the others at all, and that that worried me. Uh, I don't know if it was nervousness generally. Um, it probably was actually, to be quite honest. Um, I, but but yeah, it, it's not it's not a great look, really, to be honest. And clearly, I think the players must have known deep in their minds that the the stakes were high and the pressure was really on because they knew they had to get something. And in the end, they didn't. And now look where we are. So yeah, no, I nervousness, lack of confidence. I, I it, clearly, I think there must be issues. Um, at the moment, but um, yeah, no, it was. I thought it was really telling just seeing the body language of most of the players um, before kickoff. Yeah, I know you said that uh, you noticed the atmosphere of the board. Uh, I've read a few things online that uh, there was heads in hands at points after the final whistle. Uh, it was just a really weird atmosphere, and I, I know you sit uh, pretty close to where the directors sit. Was it was it as bad as? Things sounded. Did it? Could you tell the writing was on the wall, kind of thing, by their uh, reactions at full time? I think heartbreak is probably the interpretation I got from looking at people's faces um, in the directors' area. Um, I think heartbreak because they obviously Robbie's very highly thought of, uh, and and the appreciation for his efforts is definitely very clear to see in the statement. But I think they must have known deep down that the road was running out dramatically for Robbie and they knew that this wasn't what they wanted to see. They knew that what they were seeing right in front of them was just, I think, really, really a big challenge to the aspirations of the club in terms of actually getting back into Europe next season. And and, and, and I think I think now with hindsight, clearly they... they, they, they they knew that they had to take a decision that they didn't want to take originally or they didn't like to take originally, but they knew they had to do it because the stakes are so high and really something had to dramatically change. So, um, so yeah, I, I mean, 
there's no pleasure, no pleasure at all in the decision that's taken. And I think clearly the it's heart, it's heartbreak for them. And I mean that's that's basically what I saw on their faces, you know, most of their faces anyway. You know, they just they didn't want to come to this conclusion, but they just had no choice. No, I mean the run that we've been on, we spoke about it on Friday's episode. It, it it's a rotten run and I mean you've got to make changes. you can't just Go out, go go along with it because you've got uh, a manager who you think highly of. It, it, like you said, millions at stake. We we're now looking at we're two points behind Aberdeen in fourth and only a point ahead of St Mirren, which you think how how far ahead we were at one point and we were pretty much like like we said Friday again. Some members of the press were saying that we've wrapped up third. Have we wrapped up third already? Well, look, we've. We've had a fall from grace and it, it's been horrible to witness. It's not a fun time at the club, but like you said, I've got no joy in seeing him leave. I, I think we said before recording, I said I'm still a little bit shell-shocked. I don't feel, I don't know how to feel about him leaving, if that makes sense. It might sound a bit weird to some people, but yeah, it's dead strange. I've had people from back home, like my dad and a couple of friends who have messaged me that they've seen that he's left and asking my thoughts. And I was like, to be honest, I that. I don't know what my thoughts are. I don't feel bad that we've let him go, but I don't feel happy. I'm I'm kind of in the middle, but I mean, if football's a results-driven business, if we're not getting the results, then we can't just uh, go along with it because we we like Robbie and we we respect what he's done for the club. But I mean, he's given me as a Hearts fan probably a, apart from 2012 the most enjoyable period. As a as a fan, with what we've done, we've got promoted. We've then come and had an amazing season last season. We've been to Hamden umpteen times. We got to go to Europe to watch a team that, that, that I love. It, it, I'm not gonna lie. I, I I want to say thank you to Robbie. To be honest, like thank you for igniting this passion that I, I already had. But I feel that the last couple of seasons I've fell in love with the club even more. Yeah, I, Robbie will always be a club legend. I mean, the two phases he had as manager, the 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 number of games he's played for us as well, um, and he will always have his place in history at Hearts, and, and 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 that will never ever ever be erased. You know, he 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 will be. He is. I mean, a lot of the fans on Twitter last night were just either full of guilt or they were just very grateful for everything Robbie had done um, for the club. And uh, and I think there is this definitely this sense of gratitude among most of the fans that, that he's done a lot of good things for the club. But of course, the right decision had to be made uh, in, in these circumstances that we're in right now. And uh, yeah, it is absolutely more than okay to say it's the correct decision for yeah. him to go, but it's also okay at the same time to say, look, there's no pleasure in this at all. We loved what he's done. We love the fact he's got a very special status at the club, and uh, he will always have a place in Hartman Lovian's history. And and Robbie will always uh, be loved for everything he's done, um, in terms of all the good things he's done for the club. But of course, the road has run out, and when the road has run out, then I mean, you don't really have much choice, really, do you, in, in these situations? What uh, what what would you say has been your Favorite memories uh, uh, under Robbie as manager as a fan. 
Um, great question. Uh, I would say last season definitely was very enjoyable because it was my first ever season as a season ticket holder and the team did generally very well and wrapped up third place with a few games left. Uh, I'd say the Scottish Cup semi-final win was a great memory for me, although the second half wasn't. Um, <laughs> I would say the European nights have been enjoyable. Um, you know, the, the the just the experience of seeing Hearts play in a major UEFA competition has been really enjoyable. Um, I... Um, well, so I, I I think the 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 other game that comes to mind is the three one one against the Vernian when uh, uh, we we wrapped up third last season. That was also a fantastic uh, occasion as well. And uh, although I wasn't at Tynecastle that night, Hearts winning two one against Celtic uh, on the opening day of last season was just absolutely memorable. Just absolutely memorable. Memorable. Probably one of my more favourite games ever. Um, just absolutely fantastic. It's a shame I wasn't there to see it in person, but it's still just experiencing it, albeit not at the stadium, was just absolutely enjoyable. So uh, really, really superb and uh, a lot of very happy memories there uh, as well. And um, what about yourself? Uh, I echo quite uh, pretty much what you've said, uh, but on top of that, I'd probably say, uh, get like I said, getting to go to Europe was amazing a, a, like a, a dream come true to be able to follow a team that you love overseas and soak up the atmosphere and stuff it, uh, it, it's a memory that I'll, a personal memory for me uh, that obviously without Robbie being manager we wouldn't have achieved uh, so uh, yeah massive massive memory and also some of the players that he's brought, brought back in I know he's worked closely with other people to recruit but I mean like Craig Gordon coming back to the club, uh, who who would have who would have imagined that a couple of seasons ago? Uh, Lawrence Shankland. I mean, it's it's all things that Robbie's done. So I appreciate that the sign. Some of the signings that he's made uh, mean a lot to me uh, as great memories as well. Yeah, no, he's done very well in the transfer market. Him and Joe Savage definitely deserve a lot of credit, um, and. Uh, yeah, no, it, it definitely. I think I think if anybody's trying to say that Robbie was bad all round, I think that is very, very easily challenged. That that can be very easily challenged and uh, counted pretty pretty quickly. So uh, there's a lot of good that he did, but of course, uh, it's just unfortunate that the last few weeks just went pear shaped. Uh, unfortunately, but I think I want to just say quickly about uh, the Aberdeen situation. I still remember it very well. Um, obviously, the Dodds losing six 0 at Hibernian was. A big shock, massive shock, and obviously Jim was let go um, around twenty minutes after the final whistle. Um, but but I have to say the one thing I was saying to myself on Saturday night to myself was was when Dave Cormack uh, came out on Red TV and said you know just expressed his emotions in terms of the whole situation. I had to I applauded him really for being so open and honest so quickly about the situation and. Wearing his heart on his sleeve because I think there are some occasions where you have to do that, and clearly for Dave, you know, he clearly cares so passionately about Aberdeen, and you know, he he clearly didn't want to see what the the, the way the team had uh, went downhill at that time earlier in the season. But he came out on Red TV and just expressed his 
his openness and honesty about the situation. And I have to say, with hindsight, uh, it's worked really well for Aberdeen in terms of how they've bounced back. And now, obviously, after the weekend's games, they, they've now overtaken us into third place. The hope, obviously, now is that um, we get that we get it back and hopefully get some sort of some sort of normality resuming from the weekend. But um, we can talk about the derby another time, uh, which is, which feels like a long way away. Anyway. Oh yes. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, no, I think Aberdeen bounced back really well from their uh, issues. And although I don't expect anyone from Hearts to come on television and you know cry their eyes out from <laughs> a TV <laughs> camera, um, it is interesting that obviously when you read the statement earlier, um, it said in the final line a full statement or a final paragraph rather a full statement from the board of directors will be released in due course. So it'll be very fascinating to hear what the board of directors have to say and will it be a long statement will it be a reflection about the last few years will i'm sure there probably might well be an acknowledgement of how the fans frustrations i'll be really fascinated to see what gets said um on that note actually does what do you think they should say uh i think they should address uh the issues that have been going on uh the last few weeks just so the fans are kept update because obviously we we put our money in we i think we're entitled to know what's going on uh i would like them obviously to reflect but i wouldn't say on the last couple of seasons i think i would just appreciate this season because obviously we've had the highs of early in the season and now we're experiencing the lows of the last couple of months uh and also what the plans are going forward. So are we looking at bringing someone in ASAP or are we just going to get someone on an interim basis till the end of the season? Hopefully they'll, they'll, they'll tell us that today so that we know, right. What, what's going on at least for the Derby, because you don't want to go into a Derby in limbo. We need to know uh, who's going to be on the touchline. I think I've heard a couple of rumors uh, I've heard Stephen Naismith could take charge, or depending if they on the announcement today, uh, Lee McCulloch. But there's a lot of rumours going around that McCulloch could be gone as well as part of the the announcement. So, yeah, just clearing things up would be good because I read a there was an interview in the press uh, with Stephen Kingsley, and he said that there's been some kind of unrest in the dressing room didn't go into detail but he said that there's got to be somebody that just goes in and was this a daily record article by any chance uh yeah i think i saw it it was littered in different uh media outlets but i can't remember the 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 source i think it could have been the daily record but he said pretty much that they need to go in and just uh hash out sort out what's happening so i uh, you can take a pinch of salt because obviously, as we've known from previous anything that hits the back pages can be taken uh, out of context. But he's come out and said it a matter of days after the uh, after after the abysmal performance on Saturday. So yeah, and and, and I think we've touched on where the change room could have been lost. Does that add further support to that theory? Do you think? I I I. I... Long thought, in my own opinion, that you know, I think I think obviously the moment I I thought Nielsen's time was nearly up or or, or all but up uh, after the Kilmarnock defeat because I obviously thought then change was needed. Then uh, I, I I felt 
deep down in my mind that he probably did lose the dressing room. And and obviously, when you look at the way the players have performed in the last couple of games in particular, I mean, they, they have not been at their best at all. And, you know, they have really not been at their 100%. So some, something must have went pear-shaped in the relationship between Robbie and the players. I mean, obviously, I, I, I'm not one of the players, so I, <laughs> and neither are yourselves. So, I mean, we don't have the exclusive inside knowledge on this but but I, I just think I just think the relationship deteriorated in some way it, it must have done because I mean you know I, you, we just were not at our best we just weren't no. at our best at all but even looking at lineup changes there's players that have been outstanding not uh, and some have just played a decent part that have been left out like I mean Alex Cochran and I've said it numerous times, uh, in my opinion, our player of the season so so far, and he's just been playing bit parts the last few games. Like, I, I don't understand it. It, it. it was just some of the omissions from the squad and some of the players that are keeping places in the squad and not really playing so well. It was like Toby Sibbett getting dropped. Very weird. Like, what what is going on? Uh, Oda and cool not getting game time. Yeah, that do, do you know something, right? I, I did I remember saying this to you at half time on uh, on Saturday. I just felt three substitutions were needed at half time. Yeah. Um, Cochrane definitely being one of them. Uh-huh. I, I was saying to the uh guy that's next to me, uh Ron, I said to him, right, that uh neither neither we're behind, put on Oda or Cool to inject a bit of pace into the team. Run at them, and because we we had flashes where we were uh, moving the ball quick, and we were creating opportunities, but then it, it just no changes at half time left you thinking, come on, what what more do you need to see to make a change? And, and I'm I agree with you, three changes at half time, mix it up totally. What have you got to lose? We we're already behind. Yeah, I I I, I was absolutely furious when I saw the same eleven come out at the second half, at the start mm-hmm. of the second half. I just thought, what is going on? How how can Robbie Nielsen not see that dramatic change was needed? You know, three substitutions at the minimum. Yeah. Minimum at half time. Uh, and yet and yet no one was changed. And I, I believe we only made four in the whole game. Did we could we? have made because uh we, we didn't make a fifth substitution. Oh, oh blame me. Which I found <laughs> really weird, especially towards the end. I was like what what are we, we? We would. It was just so lethargic. Like even players that came on that you usually expect a big performance from, like Stephen Humphreys, didn't really wasn't his usual self. Uh, Cochran got involved as soon as he came on, like as you expect. But Co- Cochran was really, really impactful. I think. Uh-huh, out of, yeah. Yeah. Out of all the subs, he was the most impactful. I think he definitely he was a huge miss in the first half. Oh, Massive miss. Definitely, hundred percent. It definitely. There was times where there was. Uh, overlaps being played on the left, and you were just like, if Cochrane was there, there would have been chances created. Yeah, I, I think I think he was definitely a massive miss, and he's definitely one of our best players. But I just don't understand why. Yeah, uh, uh, he was he was on the the bench in the first place. Um, yeah, so Humphreys came on, Cochrane came on, Barry Mackay came on, Peter Haring made a welcome return as well, and that was it. That was absolutely yep. it. So you're absolutely right. Four substitutions only. And then, of course, Robert Snodgrass got two yellows. So uh, that never helped yeah. our cause, having uh, uh, just 10 players left at the end of the, of the game. Um, well, it was just... Uh, 
it was just a, it was just absolutely the the perfect game for things to go wrong and 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 not to go the way they should have went. So uh, yeah, it's um, and yeah, I I am obviously I'm a bit biased being a Newcastle supporter, but I I, I feel so bad for Garrick. You know, the fact that he's not getting enough game time it is a massive concern. And I know he's had some criticism in terms of uh, what he can offer, but I mean, he's not a rubbish player. I mean, he, he scored his first international goal for Australia recently. He's definitely uh-huh. established in the international team already. Uh, what is he doing stuck on the bench? You know, I mean, but he clearly has got something dramatically important to offer, especially when... As you rightly said, we needed some pace up front uh, and a bit of excitement up front. And, and you know, Odd has got a lot to offer in that regard as well. So, I mean, I don't understand why they were stuck on the bench. I just can't get that. It's just that constant, um, the last few games where we've stuck to playing one up front. Like, no, we're not. I, I, like the guy that's next to me, he, he said, we're not Man City. We're not a top team. We the system we're playing, we haven't got the players to play in that system. Uh, he was saying that he would like to see a four four two or four three three. And to be honest, I agree. I think playing Shankland up top on his own, he he's he's and he's having to come back to get the ball. It just needed those changes, and yeah, yeah. unfortunately, we didn't see them over the last couple of weeks, and that that was the downfall, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not brilliant decisions, it has to be said. Um, and uh, frustrating ones as well. I mean, I, I think that's probably the most frustrated I've ever been with uh, some of the decisions Robbie's made in, in his whole time as Hearts boss. You know, on the Saturday, I just thought, what is he doing? Uh-huh. Is he watching the same game as us? <laughs> you know, it's just. I, w- I want to ask you another question. Uh, it's regarding the, the, the uh, staff. Do you think. I've read a few things on Twitter just uh, from other fans uh, saying that they think Savage should follow Robbie out the door. No, What's your view? No, 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 no way Joe could leave. No way he could leave. Not a chance. Not a chance. You know, Joe, Joe Savage is free of any blame from this. He's free of any blame in the situation because his job is to recruit the players, right? Joe Savage is free of any blame because he's not the one making the decisions on the, in the dugout in terms of who plays, how the system, uh, what the system is on the pitch, um, and in terms of the tactics and everything. Joe, that's not Joe's job. So Joe has, Joe is part of the solution here going forward. You know, he's a big part of the solution going forward. His credentials have been well established. Uh, and you've got to also remember that Joe has a very big role to play in terms of the other aspects of the club. So the women's team, for example, he's very, very important in that uh, in that area as well. And I mean, you know, he's been a massive success as well alongside Eva Ollett in terms of the fact that Hearts women are doing really well in the SWPL, fourth in the league, way out and forth, looking like a fantastic finish to the season. Uh, and he's been following their progress very, very closely as well. And, and has played a very important role in the ongoing growth of the women's team. Joe is so important. And to be honest, Joe, to his credit, and you and I know this because we, we've seen him talk at events, he's been very, very good at explaining why he's taking certain decisions, where he wants to take the club, uh, and, and his ambition as well. And that that's something we cannot afford to lose. And 
you know what? I looked. I looked at his facial expressions on Saturday. And, you know, I felt. I felt just. My heart sank for him because I mean, clearly he looked anxious, worried, absolutely horrified as to what was going on on the pitch, and, and rightly so because I mean, you know, his progress it, it could be. I don't think it will be undone, but certainly it's being questioned by some, and and I think very unfairly so. You know, Joe Joe has definitely de- Joe is definitely part of the solution. Uh, going forward. And, you know, I think he's free of any blame in this situation. You know, he's not the one selecting the team. He's not the one utilising the tactics and, and deciding who comes on and who comes off and when. You know, he's not in the dugout. So so uh, Joe is part of the solution in all this. It's just, I cannot understand why anyone would think he's part of the problem because he's not. He's absolutely not. And mm-hmm. it's it, you've, got, you, you've got to understand there is a fine line as far as his role is concerned, and as far as the head coach or manager's role is concerned, and and, and Joe Joe is definitely free of any blame. You know, he 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 is absolutely fundamental in how we go forward as a club. You know, if we lose him, that is even even bigger disaster for us because then who who are we going to get in his place with all the passion, the knowledge, and the you know the the, the initiative and the ambition and the you know the the desire that he's got for this club. Who are we going to, who are we going to replace him with? I mean, that's just I, I, that's just not a question I even want to touch. You know, it's just. Yeah. I don't think we want to be in. I don't think we want to be in a position where we're looking for a manager and a director of football at the same time. Because exactly, yeah. Joe, Sav- Joe Savage. Well, I would I would happily look if if there was any prospect of him leaving. I would happily try and find the key to. Every single stand in that stadium at Tang Castle and lock the doors and make sure he does not get out. <laughs> so, if anyone was wondering, Anas is quite the fan of of, of of Joe Savage, and I'm I'm gonna second it. Yeah, I I think that from from like you said, hearing him at events that we've been to, we've heard him a few times and uh, managed to have a chat with him. He's he just he just he, he's got plans and he seems to have an idea of what he wants to do. He's got a good footballing brain. He's passionate. He's not a hearts man, but you wouldn't you would think he was from listening to him speak. He, I I think it would be stupid to get rid of Joe Savage. I know there are people that uh disagree and that that's fine. It's part of being a football fan. Uh but in my opinion I'm I'm the same. I think nah it would be stupid to get rid of him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um Joe Joe is going nowhere. He's going nowhere. Absolutely but- nowhere. Well, now we've not we've lost one manager. We obviously need another manager. Uh, we've I've had a look online uh, via mcbookie.com, a Scottish bookmakers. Uh, their odds at the moment uh, of who they think are going to be the next Hearts manager. Not endorsing gambling at any point. Don't I'm not telling you to go put a bet on. Not in the slightest. But I'll run through the names that we've got. So we've got a favourite. Stephen Naismith, uh, who's the current Hearts B team manager. He has no other previous uh, managerial experience, but on his side, he is a former Hearts captain and was, uh, in my opinion, was uh, quite the player for Hearts as well. Uh, then next up uh, behind him, Stephen Robinson, 
current St Mirren manager. Uh, he seems to be highly thought of in the Scottish game, but in my opinion, I don't see him really leaving St Mirren. What do you think? No, I don't see him leaving St Mirren either, to be fair. Um, and I, in all honesty, I'm not actually even sure if he's the right person for us. I mean, don't get me wrong, I think he's got real ability as a manager and he's definitely got proof of that. Um, but I, I'm just not sure he's the right man for us, to be quite honest. Um, so, yeah, not 100% on him. What about Stephen Naismith? Do you think full-time job or just as interim would work for him? Only temporarily, so as an interim. Um, I think until the end of the season. I think Naismith is definitely the obvious solution um, until... And they say that because... Mainly for me, he will rally that squad. And you rightly said he was a fantastic player for us. He knows what it means to play for the club. Um, I know one or two are a bit sceptical because of where Hearts be are in the Lowland League. But you've got to also remember that he led uh, Hearts, his Hearts team to the Scottish Youth Cup final last season, which you and I went to at Hampden. Yeah. Um, you and I know fine well how vocal he is how passionate he is, you know, he's not a quiet person uh, and we need someone who's going to be consistently uh, on the touchline rallying that squad and that's what we really badly need um, between now and the end of the season uh, and, and Naismith, I think, is a very obvious solution uh, for between now and uh, the next month. So, for me, temporarily, yes, I just think he lacks the experience to get it on and get the job permanently, so I would have to say no on that. Okay. Uh, next up, uh, former Hearts player, of the early 2000s, Neil McFarlane is currently Brentford's BT manager and having quite the success down there. Uh, another one, as like Stephen Robinson, highly thought of and uh, apparently tipped for big things. Don't know if you know much about him, but uh, yeah, he's got um, Brentford B team to uh, cup finals and I think their best run of form they've had in previous years. So. That's, that's a good shout, actually. I, I didn't think of him originally, actually. Um, that is a good shout. Um, and I don't really know very much about Brentford's B team. Um, I, I do know that Brentford's main team are doing relatively all right in the Premier League in England. But but I, I don't know very much about him, to be honest. So I think I'm going to have to do my homework on him. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, no, if, if he's, the fact that he's doing well with Brentford B, I mean, that is definitely... Uh, very encouraging, and you know that's not a small success by any means at all. That's pretty, pretty major, and he's only mid forties, isn't he? So I mean, he's, yeah. he's relatively young, and uh, and one of our former players. So um, you know, uh, two thousand and two to two thousand and six, I believe. So that was uh, um, you know the era when the Romanov era was really starting up. So uh, yeah, he's definitely one to have a wee think about. Um, did he not manage? Um, Coventry City for a time as well as a caretaker. Yeah, as caretaker manager, yeah. Uh-huh. And and uh, Kidderminster Harriers. Yeah, that was one of it. that was his first role and then uh, I believe that's what piqued the interest of uh, Brentford. I believe they're quite near Shrewsbury, aren't they? Yeah, not far from us. Used to be big rivals, but now they're in the doldrums, so Oh, right. Is so Wrexham's more a rival then? Uh, that, yeah, kind of. <laughs> we'll we'll uh, all have to talk about that another time. <laughs> yeah, yeah but, but no, that's interesting what you say about Neil McFarlane. Yeah, I didn't really think much of him until uh, yeah. uh, you mentioned it. So, yeah, no, I'd say. Actually, yeah, no, absolutely fascinating. But he's not number one for me at the moment. So, uh, no. who else have you got on that list? Uh, next up in the list, uh, we're 
we're going backwards. So the favorite was Stephen Naismith. Uh, next is Frankie McAvoy, uh, current Hearts Academy director. Uh, he held a manager's job with Preston after getting an interim job and getting five wins out of his first eight games and then was then handed the job. Uh, left them with a 42% win record. Right. That's another interesting one. Do, would you take him? Don't know about as he would maybe be one I would between him and Naismith for the caretaker. Yeah. But again, I don't think I would go for him as permanent manager. do you know if he's quite if he's quite as vocal as Naismith? Uh, I'm as not sure. Right. I'm not sure. I know he has a lot to do with youth development and I think that's his forte in general. I think it's probably then best that he stays in that role then because you know we want we want people in their positions of strength. So clearly he's got a lot to offer in that regard and that's gonna yeah. be important for us in the coming years. So I would probably keep him there, uh, to be honest. And the uh, fact that the conveyor belt has been pretty slow uh the last few seasons of bringing through youth players. So I think disrupting that could then put us set us back again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Which, uh, Next up was an interesting one that I didn't think. There's a couple of interesting ones. Uh, next up, Paul Lambert. He's been out of work since 2021 when he left Ipswich. Uh, he's obviously got experience playing in Scotland. He played for Scotland uh, national team as well, so he knows the uh, leagues. Uh, he's also managed in the English Premier League uh, with Aston Villa. So uh, that was a name that shocked me and to be so high up the list. And he's a Champions League winner with Borussia Dortmund. Indeed, he is. Yes, he's got European experience. I he's he, he's an interesting suggestion. Actually, I never initially me neither thought of him as a potential candidate to be a Hearts boss. Um, again, though, he's been out of work since twenty twenty one. Now, like, I don't think that's the reason why I would not select him because I think that's a little bit unfair, actually, to be honest. Um, in terms of being out of work for a time, you know, it is football management is. Not everybody can get a job in football management, but I mean, no. certainly um, he's definitely uh, he's definitely managed some pretty well-known teams down in England, um, and certainly he's got a big experience of the game in Scotland as a player. Um, but but I, I I think there's probably better out there. To be quite honest, there's probably maybe not necessarily better, but certainly um, to correct myself, but 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 maybe better fits to be honest, in terms yeah. of the direction of the club. I don't know if he um, would be the right fit for us. I mean, certainly, I think he's definitely got experience there. That would be very useful. Um, but I just don't know if he's the correct fit for Hearts. I mean, certainly, um, he's got talent as a manager, but I just don't know if he's the right fit for us. Definitely. Uh, next up, we've got someone who jumped out at me pretty, pretty much as soon as... I heard the news, I then went, hmm, well, that's somebody who I would quite like to see as Hearts manager, uh, Danny Cowley. Uh, he would come as a partnership with his brother, Nicky, who they've come through the ranks of non-league football uh, to league football in England. Uh, his last job was with Portsmouth, where he ended with a 43.3% win record, but that run did end with no wins in the last two months of his career down there but I being a being a lower league 
football fan in England, uh, Shrewsbury, my team, they came up against them quite a few times, actually beat us at Wembley for the Football League trophy. Uh, I think, in my opinion, I know some people will look at his uh, run towards the end at Portsmouth and say, well, he didn't win in two months. But for me, I just think he's got that experience of working with a small budget and doing well with it, what would he do if he had a bit more money behind him and uh, had someone like Joe Savage to help him with recruitment? To me, he's... I would like to see him, but I know there's been quite a few uh, on Twitter that are very, very dead set against Danny Calloway. Mm. What, why is that? Do you, uh... Uh, lots of people, I think because of his uh, the way it ended at Portsmouth. Okay. With, with the lack of wins in two months, but I just think from watching the way he's risen from uh, Concord Ro- Rangers, uh, which was which is way down the English pyramid, to them managing in the championship, I believe he was with Huddersfield. Uh, yeah. I think, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Watching him as a manager, as a fan of another team playing against him, I quite like the way he managed the team. But mm-hmm. I could... But, a lot of fans are very vocal against saying definitely not Danny Cowley, but that that, that be... could be a problem going forward then because you know we do need someone that unites the fan base and yeah. and, and if he's not going to unite the fan base then you know obviously through no fault of his own uh, but if he if, if he's unable to do that then uh, then that, that that's going to be a problem for us I think yeah definitely uh, next up uh, ex Swansea manager Gary Monk. Uh, he's not been in work since 2020. He's managed in the Premier League with Swansea. Uh, he's also Leeds manager in the past. He left Sheffield Wednesday, his last job, but when he left them, he left them second bottom of the championship and they ended up getting relegated to League One. No. Flat no. No. Not a fan. That's not, not necessarily that I'm not a fan, but he's not the right fit for us. No. Uh, well, if he's not the right fit, then the next one, this was one of the names, the massive shocks that I saw it. And first thing I did was burst out laughing. Uh, I'm not, I'm going to name him after I've described him. He's a big character in the English game, a bit of a clown. Uh, his last job was with G- with Grimsby in 2020, which he left due to disagreement with the board. Uh, he managed in the English Premier League with Blackpool, Mr. Ian Holloway. He's a very colourful character, but no, not no. not given where hearts are trying to go. I think I think he's definitely a no for me as well. I'm 100% no. He seems to get, whenever there's any job in football, he gets linked to it. Whenever Shrewsbury have been looking for new manager, it's always Ian Holloway pops up. But I'm with you there. Nah. If we were a team fighting for relegation and needed someone to come in and steer the ship, maybe, but not. No. Couldn't imagine Ian Holloway on the sidelines in the Europa League. Nice guy, but no. No. All right, <laughs> down, to the, down to the, the last two of the 10 that they named. Uh, noted we've not had your fa- your name that jumped out yet. Next one. These two are both the same odds. Uh, David Martindale, current Livingston manager. He's done well on a low budget and has managed to uh, steady the ship at Livingston and produce good players coming through. Uh, But 
he's never really gone beyond a mid-table club. I, I like David Martindale. I do mm-hmm. like him. And I've got a lot of time for him. Um, I, I'm i not sure, though, if, if this is going to be a step too far for him. Um, now, don't get me wrong. He's done generally very well at Livingston. I like what he's done at Livingston. I love how he's risen from being a volunteer all the way to being their manager. I mean, it's a fantastic, inspirational story. Uh, and, and and all credit to David for that. But I, I, I just don't... I think this job might be one too big for him, potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, he might... I mean, he might well prove me wrong <laughs> if he ever took up. But, 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 but I think, I think, to me, I just... I think I think he'd do okay with us, but I I I just think okay is not good enough given where we want to go. No. So uh, I'm going to have to reluctantly say no. Yeah, I'm the same. I think we would if we want to improve. I don't think he's the manager. He's more of a manager that would keep us keep us right, keep us keep us where we are. But I think we need to progress. And like you said, it's a no from me as well. Uh, yeah. Last one. This was a weird one. Didn't think of. Uh, Derek McInnes, current Kilmarnock manager, is a previous success at Aberdeen and down in England. He won promotion recently with Kilmarnock, but is struggling and with Killy this season. And from the style of football that I've seen him play, don't think it would uh, appease Heart fans. I'm not going to lie. I don't think he'd be the right fit for a sider. I mean, again, Derek McInnes, you know, he's got talent as a manager. He did an amazing job at Aberdeen. Um, and uh, you know, got into European qualification multiple years in a row. So he he did really really well there. Very highly thought of. Um, I think with hindsight, um, among the Aberdeen uh, supports, um, play a, a lot of fondness for what he's done. Um, although I know the last stint of his time as manager there was not very enjoyable. Um, but. And he's done well at Kilmarnock to get them out of the championship and put them into the Premiership. But yeah, I I, I don't know if Derek McInnes would be a similar repeat of his later years at Aberdeen. And that that's a big worry for me. So uh, again, another reluctant no, uh, but this time to Derek McInnes. Yeah. Uh, a name that wasn't on the list, but a lot of people have been talking about. I jokingly mentioned him to you uh, during the game on Saturday. Uh, Daniel Stendel. Ah, uh, yeah. You asked me if he was in work. Yeah. Where is he at Hanover? Did you not say? Uh, I think he's at Hanover ninety six. But... Um. So, uh, so yeah, he's uh, he's not available, unfortunately. No, and I've heard again. He's one of those that's got mixed responses on social media. Lots of some people saying no, they would didn't want him back. He was uh, it, he wasn't the right fit for Hearts. But some saying the complete opposite. Saying and then others saying that uh, he fell out with players and all this stuff. So <laughs> I, I have to correct myself. Sorry, guys. It's Hanover ninety six. The second, if I've rightly read that. Uh, oh, so like Hanover ninety six. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I've made a mistake there. So my apologies. But yeah, yeah. Mixed reactions. Uh, yeah, it's the reserve team of Hanover ninety six that he's in charge of. Mixed reactions, though, uh, that you were getting uh, about Daniel. Yeah. So who who your name didn't pop up the guy the person who you think the job. Another one interestingly I'm just going to pop it in there before. Eva Olad. No, that's an interesting one. She's uh, she's done really well 
Uh, Hearts mm. weren't. Um, I, I don't. I don't know if she'd want to take it on the men's team on, but I mean, certainly, I think she's she's probably wanting to further the progress of the women's team uh, to try and enter that top three of the SWPL. But she's not a bad shout. I have to say, mm. she's done really, really well. Um, and she's definitely uh, got a lot of energy about her as a manager. She's uh-huh. definitely got a lot of passion and ambition. Um, definitely a very, very credible shout, but. I'm not sure if she'd want to take the, the men's team on. I think she, I think she's probably very focused on the women's team and actually continuing to build them up. So I would probably say no on the basis that she wants to keep taking the women's team up once. And I think she could do it. I think she Thanks. absolutely can do it. Yeah. Who's your? Who was your? Who was your uh, name that jumped out? That jumps out to you. Do you know what, guys? I'll let you go first on that one. Me, uh, I am going to stick with one of the names on that list. I'm going to stick with Danny Cowley. That's the, one the, the, the... Ex-Portsmouth. Ex-Portsmouth, right. Yeah, lots, lots of people will say no, and ah, that's what the heck you're on about. But we're all different. We all like different, different opinions. That's what makes football amazing. Great. Not a bad shout at that, but the name for me that is winning the race in my brain for the Hearts job is Kevin Muscat. Oh, ex Wolves, ex Wolves, Wigan as well. I think he was at. I don't think he was at Wigan, but he was certainly at Crystal Palace in the nineties. Yeah. Ex Rangers, um, he also played for. Uh, Heidelberg United in his early in his career, Melbourne Victory, Millwall as well, Millwall, uh, yeah. and uh, I think one or two or three other clubs in that mix. He's been capped for Australia nearly fifty times, uh, and uh, right now he's a manager in Japan for I think the same club Ange Postecoglou was manager of before he came to Celtic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Yokohama F Marinos. If I've pronounced that right, if I've pronounced it wrong, I'm, I apologise unreservedly. Um, and his record at Yokohama right now is a winning rate of way more than fifty percent. So wow. uh, he's he's done all right, and he did he did well at Melbourne Victory, I believe, as well uh, in the in the mid two thousand and tens, going to the late two thousand and tens, a winning rate of around nearly 50% uh, as well. Uh, I think he had a stint in Belgium, but it was not a very long time. Um, so uh, I don't think there's really much you can put, say, uh, look into that. But certainly, um, as a manager, his, his, his winning rate at Melbourne Victory and Yokohama F. Marinos is, is really, really good. And, um, you know, it's not as if he's, not, he's, he's got a lack of experience. He he's, has got around 10 years' worth of experience as a manager. Uh, and um, when you look at uh, Celtic in terms of the fact they looked to Japan to get Ange, and that's worked out really nicely. Um, I, I can see similar parallels here with Kevin, uh, given the fact that he has worked with Ange before, uh, and the fact he's got some experience of Scottish football already, so we head start there as well. And the fact that uh, he has worked in two markets that uh, seem to be big in for Scottish teams to be dipping into at the moment, the Australian and the Japanese market, yeah. which is interesting because obviously Hearts have recruited in both of those markets recently. Uh, yeah, that's a good show. I, I I could jump on board with that one, Kevin. Kevin, I think uh, the other bonus as well with Kevin is given the fact that he's a 
uh, well-established Australian international in his playing days. Um, you've got, we've already got a big group of Australian players in the squad, mm-hmm. so that that's going to be really one that I think Hammy, Nathaniel, uh, Garing, and um, Brad. Oh Kai Riles. <laughs> Sorry, Kai, I forgot about him. Um, that, that, that already the connection is there. And uh, and obviously with with Oda uh, and uh, Yutaro Oda there as well. I mean, you know, Kevin's got that first experience of Japanese football, so that's a really good start. And, and it'd be it'd yeah. be interesting to know if he had uh, basic Japanese language skills as well, because that could help. Because I noticed that uh, at the moment Oda's got a interpreter that sits on the bench with him, so that could maybe bring out the. Uh, skills of Oda obviously having somebody a manager who he can communicate with yeah and, and, and opens the potential up for more players from Japan to come to Scotland um, yeah. because we've seen with Celtic that that direction of path has worked really really beautifully um, so uh, and and now that obviously the markets uh, in, in Japan and Australia for footballers have uh, has become more prominent in Scotland. Um, I, I don't think I don't think it would do us any harm to get somebody like Kevin on board. I think it would be a bit more difficult of an ask than the others that you mentioned uh, earlier on. But certainly, uh, if we are really to go in a bold direction as a club, I, I I don't think we could do any harm having Kevin on board as our next manager. No, I could I could definitely jump on board with that. I'm I'm now now you've sold that that to me. I'm I'm on the Kevin Muscat train now. Already, it only took me like minutes. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I, I'm going to do some more research on him. I think, but yeah, definitely. I've, uh, another name that I, I think sentimental value. Uh, people have been saying Paolo Sergio. Uh, what do you make of him uh, coming back a second time? Mm, it's, it's a very different era. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I, know. I don't know. I don't know. Like uh, part of me is like I would love to see him back just because it's Paolo Sergio, but. I don't know. I don't know if he could take us again one of those where where we want to be. To I think rest. I think Paolo's place in history, Hearts history, is sealed and secured. And especially with that, arguably the most famous win in our history, I think that's definitely now um, well protected and uh, admired for the rest of time. Yeah. Uh, I, I I think Paolo coming back. I mean, he's always welcome back to Tyne Castle. I mean, he's a big hit. Fans love him. Fans adore him, but I think you're right. I think I think it's a different different time now that we're in. Uh, times have moved on, and uh, definitely, I just think uh, he's the right man at the wrong time. Definitely. So it's so we're saying that the men in maroon are back in Kevin Musket or Danny Cowley. Yeah, either or, um, or even Brentford B's boss. To be honest, you could throw him in the mix as well. Um, yeah. I suppose that could be the men in maroon shortlist of those three. To be honest, I mean that's probably um, the shortlist, the mini shortlist that we could probably come up with if we were in control of the situation. Uh, and and for me, uh, out of that three, I would definitely go with Kevin. I'm on the Kevin. I, I uh, <laughs> it might sound daft, daft that he wasn't on my uh, radar at all but I think yeah I think I'm kind of kind of on the train but just checking Hearts Twitter as we're online as we're recording at the moment still no uh, further update from the board so no so so I mean it's probably well it's very most likely now that we're we're going to see the what the board say after the recording of this podcast so uh... well 
Kevin Muscat has now creeped into the uh, into the favourites to get the job. Yeah, I, I, I like him. I think he's definitely. I think he's he's, he's the best fit of the lot because. Oh. Weirdly, though, behind on the uh, on the list, he's behind Craig Levine. Oh no, John Robertson, and he's equal with Nathan Jones, who uh, was with Southampton and Luton. No, Nathan's and, a go for me, definitely a go for me. A favourite of, uh, I'm sure he won't mind saying, but uh, Daniel from from Perth to Paisley podcast, uh, Marty Kifuentes. Uh, He's also tied uh, current Hammerby boss. I I would I would say to Craig Levine very politely, uh, yeah. nicely to him that uh, you go and enjoy your uh, BBC career uh, and stay there because I think I think Craig Levine a third time I just don't think is the right thing for anyone to be quite honest, um, and for him included as well. I think I think he should just stay on the BBC. If I be honest. Yeah, don't. Yeah, I, I think not gonna lie, that really, really would be the worst possible uh, thing to the happen. Massive I think. step backwards, and it's no disrespect to Craig Levine because he's he's also got his place in Hearts history as well. But for, for the direction of travel we're going in right now, it would be a very big step backwards to get Craig back. So, no, definitely not Craig for me. I'm afraid. John Robertson, uh, legend, of course, of Hearts, always will be. Um, a lovely guy, loads of time for him, but I don't know if he'd want to be back in such a highly pressurised job anyway. So, I mean, I just don't think it's really something that he'd want to consider, no. unless I'm absolutely totally wrong. But Did he not take a step back from uh, the Inverness job for I those think reasons? he probably did, didn't he? Yeah, so, um, yeah, I think, I think John... I don't think John would probably consider it, to be quite honest. Um, no, I've also heard Rumlin's, uh the uh, the the which if Stephen Naismith gets the caretaker role that he could possibly be supported by Gary Locke. Uh, I I I can see why I can see why Gary Gary's got some uh, experience in the bank and obviously he's never out of ten cars. He's <laughs> there cars. all the time anyway. He may as well, isn't he? He like, probably lives there. <laughs> yeah, I'm joking. But, see, but no, Gary Locke, I think he could be a good, a good support, actually, to Stephen Naismith on a temporary basis. So I can, I can see that working. Yeah, um, but I'm definitely with you with the Stephen Naismith on a caretaker role, but I don't think he's ready to be thrown into the fire of uh, being Hearts manager permanent basis. No, I think I think it's too soon for him. I think he needs more time uh, as the Hearts B boss. Um, perhaps maybe later on down the line, maybe he takes charge of an SPFL club or uh, like in the, the lower leagues uh, and tries to take them forward. Um, um, but 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 in the meantime, I think yeah, on a permanent basis, I think it's maybe too soon for him. Um, unless if he does so brilliantly well as caretaker, we might, our opinions might change on that front. But no, I think. I think no temporary is fine. Permanent is not. Lastly, I just want to ask: uh, How quick do you think uh, business will be done to get a new manager? In, in your opinion, I think that's a great question. Uh, I I think they will probably have to act in weeks rather than months. Uh, because I mean, it is very, very tempting to to leave a final decision until June, July, but I think that isn't really in, within the gift of the club to do that, uh, given the circumstances we're in. Um, I think 
the temporary solution is it can be done relatively quickly. Um, I think the permanent solution, I think, just needs weeks, to be quite honest, just to get it right and just to get the correct person in place. Um, because I think, you know, it, they need to be absolutely sure that they are going to take the correct path. Um, and uh, I think it's obviously they don't want to end up rushing this too fast. I know some fans will probably say, no, we, we have to get somebody in quickly because we need experience to get us through the, the last few weeks. But 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 I think I don't I don't think we need to be so um we do, we don't need to be so urgent on that front because we do have somebody already within our ranks who can rally the squad. But that's the biggest, biggest, most important thing right now is to rally the squad and yeah. really, really get it going in the right direction quickly. And I think Stephen Naismith can easily do that without any issue at all. Uh, but but a permanent solution, I would say, certainly within weeks rather than months. Um, and, and, and I think that it can be done. Uh, if they could do it in days, well, my gosh, that is just brilliant. That's absolutely brilliant. But I don't expect them to. And I think, I think that would be a little bit too pressurised to expect the board to do it a permanent appointment in days. So, no, I think they need a bit a few weeks just to to, to get this, the decision correct because that's really important. We really have to get the decision correct uh, for the long term. Definitely, 100% agree. 100% agree. But uh, I think we'll be back later in the week to preview the uh, derby or we might even be back in the middle of the week if something miraculously happens just to cover... Emergency podcast for all. Yeah, there might be. A, yeah, there might just be. Who who watch this space? I think at the moment, but yeah, we'll be back before uh, Saturday's game because I just think at the moment, like you said earlier, it seems so far away. Saturday, even though it's only five days, it it feels like a lifetime away of what uh, the news that we've had uh, at the moment. I feel we wouldn't do it justice if uh, the the current frame of mind that we're in. I don't think we'd do it justice previewing the game. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with you. Totally agree with you. Uh, incidentally, uh, biggest question of all: Are you in line for the job? Uh, I'm not meant to say this. I was told to keep it confidential, but no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, dad, I'm gutted. <laughs> uh, and, and I have to also confirm that I'm not in line for the job either. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure many of you are relieved about that. Uh, and neither is Anton Deck because uh, every like last few times Newcastle have hired the manager in, in recent years, Anton Deck's name's always been in the mix. So uh, yeah, they're not in line either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. But no, thank you. Uh, I, I, I thanks to you, Anas, for coming on because I think it's definitely made me feel a little bit more sure about what's happened now. I feel a little bit more better about it than I did an hour ago. So. Yeah, no, it's good to talk and it's good to open up about these situations and to try and get this all out in the open. Um, I, of course, there's a variety of opinions out there and uh, certainly I think uh, there's definitely a lot of different thoughts on where we go from this point. But I think certainly there's one thing that unites everyone is that we do want a manager that's going to unite the fan base and that's going to be an all-round decision that's going to be endorsed by... If not every last person, certainly most people. And, and I think, you know, we all have to be pulling in the same direction. And that that is critical, especially if we're going to win back third place in the Premiership and get back into Europe next season. I mean, it's absolutely... Uh, more or less all of us are in the same direction. Yeah, and main thing is if you go into uh, Easter Road or back to Tyne Castle the following week, 
let's uh, let's rally. Let's also rally behind the players. I, I know last couple of weeks there's been a lot of uh, tension in the crowd and uh, negative reactions at full time, but we need we need we need to do our part to make sure that we get behind the players and push towards third place as well. So, uh, yeah, let's all, let's, let's all muck in and uh, push us over the line and get that third place that we need back. Let's fall back in love with hearts. Yeah, everybody, please. <laughs> please. <laughs> Great stuff. Are we going to end as we always do? Yeah, go on, let's do it. Go on then, you do it better than me. <laughs> you can do it as well. You can jump in as well. Ready? Three, two, one. Mother Hearts! Hearts!